Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Polstring Press, for this great studio. And Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Mark. Patrick, I want you to meet Judy Hawkins. Judy is with Ruby Road Leadership. Yes? Good morning. Good morning. There you go. How are you this fine morning? It's a beautiful day in Santa Barbara every day. And how is it? Every time I see you've just you've got this million dollar smile on your face. What is it that lights you up so oh, thank much? Thank you. Being alive. Just being alive. Being alive. I love that. Uh, we've uh, invited Judy because uh, you came on our radar. I'm thinking three years ago with the economic with um, 805 Connect Project. Jan Campbell at the Santa Barbara Foundation said. I want to have Judy look at this thing and see if this idea is a good idea or not. But then most recently, you run the Business Giving Roundtable with, is it for the Santa Barbara, is it a Santa Barbara Foundation initiative or is it something outside? It's actually a, um, a it's a loose association of businesses that is sponsored and supported um, with by the Santa Barbara Foundation. Um, but it, it actually started out of the vision of a handful of executives in Santa Barbara who themselves were really generous local philanthropists and wanted to inspire other businesses to give back to the community. And they didn't have the kind of admin capacity or convening capacity oh, to right, put something right, together. Right, right. So the, the idea kind of went quiet, went dormant for a few years. And then about five years ago, some of their colleagues and community relations officers picked up the idea and said, you know, we, we really want to create this. We think this is valuable. We want to create a forum where business leaders can come together right. and talk about business giving, talk about strategy, talk about employee engagement. So um, let's get something going. So a um, group of women got together and we said, let's, you know, how can we make this happen? So my company, Ruby Road Leadership, was brought in as the convener and designer of the program with a small um, advisory council to build the program, which we've done over the past couple of years. And the momentum is really building right now. It's just exciting it's to cool, see. kind of cool, right? It's really, it's such an amazing feeling, really, right, to watch that happen where you, you sort of get... You get what people want around um, around an area, around a conversation, and you start to build it around them. So it's really exciting. Well, it's secret to business, right? Ask people what they want, then give it to them. Yes. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Oh, it's Show's so over. Simple. It's also <laughs> Show's simple. over. <laughs> and their business. Okay. <laughs> what are the secrets to the other two sector? And then yes. we're just done. <laughs> that's all you have to do is just is just pass that piece of secret around, and then that's it. Everything no. will work perfectly, uh, right? I was at a Tony Robbins wealth uh, management uh, symposium, week-long thing, and they brought in all these guys. And this guy gets up there. He says, I'm here for an hour. They've paid me a stupid amount of money to you know, tell you all my secrets. I'm going to do that in one minute, and then I'll take <laughs> questions for 59 minutes. <laughs> And then he said that, and I've never forgotten that. He says, the secret to business, here it is, ask people what they want, then give it to them. And in, in all aspects that I've learned since then, it really does get back to that, you know, finding out in one way or another what they want. And so you found that, like, working right with these executives who have this desire to be able to be a part of the community and give back, how do we learn 
what others are doing and be successful. Exactly. You know, because we started with maybe a bit more traditional model. You know, let's host events. Let's have a big luncheon and have a panel and have 150. Let's, how many people could we get in a room to listen to this panel conversation? And those were good conversations, but what was missing is really a more just a more intimate touch, you know, people mm. wanting to learn more directly from each other and have access to one another. So when you bring up something, you bring an idea that you have at your company or a way that you get your employees excited about, about giving back or donating hours, that that can, I can actually ask you directly about that. How'd you get that started? You know, how do you publicize that inside of your company? How do you get people, how do you get people excited about it? And how do you keep them excited about it? So we move to a model of much smaller forums where we have, you know, maybe 15, 20, 25 right, business right. leaders get together. We, have, we feature one of their businesses and what they're doing right now that works, who their partners are, how they initiated their program, um, how they keep it, how they keep it moving, how they, how they adjust. How they how they evolve the program in a way that is beneficial so to the bottom line. A deeper dive into the into that into one thing rather than let's put a panel up or let's put a series of speakers up that just kind of like cover broad talk. You're you're really digging in who are their partners and all of that. That's fascinating. Exactly. Too. Yeah. And I think the other big thing was really again, you know, when you think about it from the business perspective is looking at well, who is who is the business market in Santa Barbara? And eighty percent of our businesses here are entrepreneurs. They're huh. very small businesses with yeah. less than five employees. Yeah. So huh. to have a panel that features, um, you know, while they're very talented and generous, but you have a panel of, you know, big corporate foundation. We had Amgen in the early, you know, years. We had. Um, it doesn't speak as directly to people who are looking at more limited resources, who are just launching their business. Harder and to relate. There's yeah. a lot of creativity and innovation in um, in entrepreneurs who are starting ventures and thinking about immediately giving back to community. Well, and that's what's so interesting because as in, I was just thinking about this yesterday, my, my first opportunity to sell something was when I was 12. And so I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And thinking about, from the very beginning, uh, not only is it about giving back to your clients, which is a whole new thing. It's all about how I get something from them, not how do I give them something. That's a phase shift. But how do I give back to the community and having that a priority early on? That's, that's new thinking, isn't it? I think yes and no. I think it's new thinking in terms of how do I build that into my business model in a way that it's very obvious to my customers and to my employees. So owning it as not something, well, we're going to we're gonna do this, but we're not going to say that's exactly what it is. Oh, <laughs> right? We want we to be unnamed donor, anonymous. Well, yeah. Or even we're going to, you know, we're going to start something with the intention of, you know, um, retaining employees, but we're not going to tell them it's a retention program. I see. You know, there's a transparency about it now, I think, that is a shift in terms mm -hmm. of really listening to, well, how do our employees want to be involved in the community and how can we how can we up level that? How can we make that available? Right. Telling the public the same thing. I mean, customers are telling businesses, we want to know how you're giving back. So there's a more open conversation about it. Um, the other thing I think is um, is more interesting as a trend, though, is that women business owners have been building in community give back um, for forever, huh. you know, and I worked at um, a Santa Barbara um, business, women's business center, women's economic ventures for years. And 
all of our clients would name in their top five goals when they were starting their business before right. they ever made their first dollar. Right. What do you want this business to look like? What is part of your vision? And they would all say, I want to give back. Hmm. They'd already have a, you know, a plan. They'd have an idea of really? money they wanted to give back, programs they wanted to start, scholarships that they wanted to build. And they weren't even in a position yet to have you know, have a viable give back program because they really hadn't even launched their own dream. So I think that community building aspect, it's something that, um, you know, around feminine leadership that really gets up leveled um, because because women are seeing the need for betterment of community a lot of times just in um, in the way we look at the world. Right. So is that that's a deficit then that has been identified by them in, in the way that the current businesses were running at the time or, or are still not functioning. Like current business isn't achieving that goal that they're looking to achieve in the same way. That, yeah, I think about that's possible. But it, yeah, but I also think that there is, I think businesses that are starting now, particularly um, younger people who are starting businesses, it's not even a question of if there's going to be huh. a give back in the model. They like, just take it, for granted huh. that that's that what they have just, to do. That is just not a have to as much as um, that's how we be part of the community as a business. Wow. Great. You know, that we, we don't want to be, you know, over there or above or even in a position where we're, we're going to create our profit center and then we're going to give back to over there. To right, waiting. Right. There. So it's, it's woven more, into the fabric. Yeah. Is that because it's giving back to, they, they I'm, I'm trying, like, they're, they're, it's not that they're giving back, it's that they are participating. You know what I mean? Like, like giving back is saying, like, well, I'm going to go over there and rescue this group that needs me. Whereas what you're kind of describing is saying, um, we're going to participate, and in, in that participation of this community, that's giving back to ourselves, giving back to our peers. It's it's not it's not this rescue plan. It's more like a maintenance and a continued effort. Yeah, and it's that we, as a business, I belong to this community, right, right. and it yeah. belongs to me, right? So, and I think it's it's particularly obvious here in Santa Barbara, in Santa Barbara County, right? We have a we're a fairly small, tight geographic area, right? And so we are we're committed to this community, but we know we are also a part of it. So we're re, we're reliant on the business often here for mm. a localized business, and at the same time, we see where where opportunities and needs are to connect, to partner, to build alliances, to build collaborations. And so it, it's not so much, I guess to me, it's, I feel like both the business world and the social sector are becoming more hybridized. Huh. So there's less of that really, you know, obvious line between, well, the, this is government entities and these right. are business entities yeah. and these are social services. There's a lot more there's a lot more mix. There's mm. more, that model of social enterprise, I think, is becoming more the norm than something that, you know, when people first started building social enterprises, it was like, wow, imagine right. you're going to make money doing something that serves the community. <laughs> that was like this right. big, wow, sure. holy sure. cow, how could that be possible? You know, and, and now I we feel have like B Corps and now it's just, all kinds it's of a things. way of doing business that is, is more integrated, is more, feels more necessary. Do you feel that this region is has a leadership role in that nationally as a result? I mean, are we doing things maybe, not the only ones that are doing it, but there's definitely a trend towards social enterprise. Um, are we kind of right in, in that? Because this is not mainstream. This is not happening everywhere. Why is it happening here? I agree. I'm not sure I know why it's happening here. I mean, I I have my 
I have my visions about it's it. Your, I guess it's your right? show, <laughs> and you have a yeah, microphone. You can be, yeah, you get to so be the one. You who are the oh, expert you. in this right now. <laughs> yeah. So please yeah. tell us. So I think that in I think in so to answer your question about in in leadership, yes, I believe that we are in in leadership, but I almost feel like we're at that place in leadership where we're um, we're adolescent in it. We don't really realize that we're creating something that is very unique in terms of the structure and the um, connectivity of our of our business and social communities. So I think we don't yet know that we have something to tell the world and we haven't established. Uh, a voice or a channel for that. And, you know, I see that with, with this podcast. When right? would now be a these... good time to do that? When would now? Yeah. Now would now. Okay, good. That's a good answer. Good. Wait, wait, good. go back to this podcast. I want to hear what this podcast <laughs> yeah, <okay>. is doing. <laughs> well, I think when you, you identify how different people are seeing the, the perspective of, um, of business or mm. wh- whatever type of work that they do, right? And and what we what we bring to that as individuals, as business leaders, in cooperatives, when we partner with other um, with other businesses, I think helps to create that. We keep recreating and recreating that core of community, right? So we keep saying, "Yeah, we're we're all in this together." Um, an example is um, I produced the Partnership for Excellence conference, which has been sponsored you're, here you're in Santa Barbara. You're the producer of that. That's a big deal. Yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful program that is generously sponsored by the Foundation Roundtable, so by a collective of about 30 uh, local foundations here in Santa Barbara County. They've been sponsoring this event for over 22 years, um, 23, I think, was this year. And that's a program that brings together the nonprofit sector, um, which right. includes board and business members, staff and leaders of nonprofits, um, the foundations leaders and their staff. And I think in some ways, this is an, an example of what you were just asking me, we, we expect that event. We look forward to it. It's a sort of family reunion of the social sector. Sure. Um, we look to make, make a difference with it in terms of providing skills and practical approaches to how we do nonprofit business. We also look to bring in concepts or trends that are happening around the country or around the world so that people who live here can be aware of what's what's happening in a broader scope right, in the sector. Right. Um, but at the same time, when I travel to other places, when I do work at the state level in California, when I'm in Sacramento, when I'm in the Bay Area, when I'm on the East Coast, I don't see other conferences mm. like this mm. that are really focused on one particular county area there there is a strong visionary sponsoring group that you know that wants to see education brought to right. the social sector right and so that's the thing where I think it's it's something that is very highly valuable and unique but we don't almost on the inside when we're in it we don't realize we're like oh yeah there's that conference you know I mean I've had trouble getting I can't get the local newspapers to pick it up and to me, it feels like the best feel-good story in the world. You know, 500 nonprofit leaders and board members are meeting to talk about how we serve our community better. It's not newsworthy, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Like, I know you know that, but 
Can I just say yes? It is like, like that. That is that is definitely what when I pick up the Independent or when I pick up a local newspaper uh, to read, which I do. I'm looking for that story. I am looking right? for that. I'm looking for that. Like I, I understand the rest of the world, but I want to hear that. That's what's happening here. I want to hear that. Bring on the good news, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, br- and bring on the like that is something to then dig further into and be involved with and to keep track of and to pay attention to. Like we should know that that's what our our nonprofit leaders are doing. We should know that that's happening. Right. And I think there's an acknowledgement factor in there too, right? That the that the social sector is a significant sector. It's I mean, a, it's yeah. a, yeah. a high-level employer in this community. It's a, um, a high-level engager in terms of fundraising, in terms of recognizing, connecting business um, yep. to yep. You know, social and community work. And so all the, all the connections there are important, right, in terms of how, what we say our values are around here. What, what would you say... If you, if you just random walking down State Street, what are the values of this place? Hmm. <laughs> this is this is a, this is a trick question. I think. This is a or a loaded one, perhaps. So let you, let, well, let's choice. just do three. Let's just do three. If you were to and and take off your hat for a second and just think about what you might hear if you were to ask people. I think there is a value around connection to the natural world. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, the sacredness of nature, just mm-hmm. the the experience of living in a very beautiful place and yep. being, it you're unavoidably conscious of it, yep. right? I mean, you just yep. you just can't get over you. You walk yep. outside of a building and you're aware. Right. You Boom. can smell the ocean even yep. if you can't see it. Even right? the bad days. Even the bad right? days. Yeah, yeah. We're still talking about yeah. how. How, yes. how we yeah. like them. And yeah. I really, I think that that so is like one. in our body, right? That's one. Um, and another is, I really feel like generosity is a value here. Again, across um, across business, across um, work zones, people are really thinking above and beyond who they are and what they're doing. You know, who else can I help? Who can I impact? How can this, um, how can this have a broader Scope. With with um, some might say that we're it's pretty selfish times out there right now. Yet you're saying that the number two value is generosity. Do you think it's because people have already kind of done well by the time they get here, or you've got to do well to be here, and it's time they're in that giving back part of their life? I think. I think it helps if you if you already have when you come here, obviously, because the standard of living is high. And um, I don't. I think that you are you're committed to living here if you live here, hmm. because it's you know for a lot of people that are here it's not it's not easy it's not simple it's not just a place you pick because of the geography because right. it's beautiful because right. I want to live here. Um, people work hard to be here, yep. and I think that that the value system is is part of that. So when we're thinking about well how can I make it possible for me to stay here. For me to stay, you know, employed, engaged, or whatever, that involves me. Um, that involves me connecting. So the third value. And I would say the third value is I don't know. I'm I'm caught between uh, connection and curiosity. Ooh, that's a good place to be caught. Because there's there is definitely a community. A community-based awareness that I think partly comes from being a small, a smaller community, right? That's bounded by the ocean yep. and the mountains. We kind of yep. we know where we are. We're not this giant expanse of you right. know um, right. space or place. 
And so we know we're here. We know we're recognizable to each other. We know the things that we do are, um, you know, often not in a vacuum because we, we hear about things, right? It has that small town, right? There's that small town Which is kind of fun, mess. right? <laughs> right? You walk into I'm gonna the hardware store you and because... you see people and, yeah. yeah. Or, the, or you go to an event, there's, you know, 10,000 people. I said, Who, where did all these people come from? Exactly. <laughs> they can't, they can't all live here. I, I should know them. I don't know any yeah. of these yeah. people. Who are yeah. you? Are you walking around State Street and I'm like, does anybody work here? Yeah. Like, Who yeah. are all these people? I wanna, yeah. It's 1045. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I want to hear the curiosity thing. Yeah, that and was. You, you used the word curiosity, and I think that's a powerful, fantastic word. Yeah. So, um, that it, it just it, it came to me as a, I feel that when I live and work here. There is a curiosity in people about wanting to know what's beyond the world that they know mm, right now. Mm, you know, it's like a, tell mm, me more about that. Mm, you know, I want to I wanna know more about what's, what's your view? What is your perspective? Mm, so while I don't feel like we have a lot of the diversities here that there are in, you know, larger towns, larger areas, sure. uh, I think in some ways we are, we're able to bridge that um, because we are, we are interested in each other, like in a genuine way, in, a, in an authentic way that, mm. I, that I don't always feel in other, in other communities and other areas. It sounds like you're, you're defining the definition of community with that, like, you know, that you have to be curious in the people around you. You can't just be satiated with this idea of like, well, I live next to this person, that's fine. It's like you want to, I want to, I want to know more about you. Right. Yeah. But then it also, yeah, and it kind of also supersedes, I think, that idea of I'm going to look at you and therefore I'm going to know who you are. And what oh. you're about, you know. Even if I think you kind of you kind of look like me, maybe you're my color, maybe you're my size, maybe you have some same background as I do. So therefore, I don't really need to engage with you because I already know what you're what huh. you're about. Huh. Uh, but I I think that people come to Santa Barbara from such wildly Isn't it different great? experiences. That's the best, one of the best parts. So and maybe that's something I've discovered in living here that I didn't know when I moved here 20 years ago is that you know you you. You have no idea when just start yep. talking to somebody. Yep. That's like I said, like this yep. podcast, you start learning. I've learned things about people that I've known for years mm. out of these conversations because it's a there's a there's a depth and we, we all have come something's drawn us here, but something's created our life to get here. So now is your chance <laughs> for all the people who've you have worked with you to learn that one <laughs> thing about you and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make it easy for you. Because I've worn glasses since I was eight years old, and every time I see you've got awesome glasses. Thank you. So what's your philosophy around glasses? My philosophy around glasses? Yeah. Well, I'm going to wrap that into my, my philosophy around, um, around wear in general, and that is that— Your style. You, you have um, style. I, I appreciate style, and I appreciate having my own signature style. I think mm. that I think that dressing and being in the world is just another opportunity to be creative mm -hmm. and to think about, you know, how I want to show up, but also just what what feels creative and interesting and artistic to me. How and many so, pairs of glasses do you have? Um, I actually don't have a thousand pairs of glasses. I think I have four pairs of glasses. Okay. Okay. My, uh, but if you change up the stuff around exactly, it, you know, right? think <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Wow. A thousand. My thing was, uh, you know, you can't change your life, change your glasses. So just go get different glasses, and then ten years An ago, an optician told me that once. He looked oh. at me. This was, this was his line, though. He looked at me, and I said, "Well, I don't know if I can, you know, if I should, if I should get these." And he looked at me, and he said, "Can I ask you a question?" I said, "Absolutely." And he said, "How many pairs of shoes do you own?" 
I was, yeah, I was and I said, go that's there. a really personal question. He <laughs> said, if you don't have that many glasses, you should still be buying glasses. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Now, my secret on glasses, listener, pay attention, if you, is don't look at the regular lenses in the store or the regular frames. Go look at the sunglass frames and have them oh, cool. be your regular glasses. And that was my trick, was to go look at sunglasses, because they're usually bolder, make more of a statement, a little bigger, and then they'll put regular lenses in them. I thought it was always this like... This is a fun idea. Yeah, I always thought it was like haircuts, where you, you see somebody and, and, and you know you lock in your haircut or you lock in your jeans. Most people lock in their jeans or their haircut in their kind of like mid to late 20s. Like that's the last time. That's they, their look. Right. That's how they understand <laughs> jeans should look because that was kind of the last time <laughs> jeans were new to them. But same thing with, with glasses. And then like 15 years down the road, it's like, how long have you had those glasses? Oh, about about 15 years. And and then when they get a new set, they get a set that looks just like that because they're locked. That's yep. because it's that's an identity. It's their look. It's an right. identity yeah. thing. And you're saying, no, it's an accessory that can be shifted and, and changed depending on. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I would say personally, I'm exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> right. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't want to look the same walking out the door any two days in in a row. I any love two that. days in a week. Any two days in a month. I'm because like, you I, don't there's have enough to. stuff around here that yeah. you don't have to have the same thing on all the time. Yeah. Do you do a um, when you were at Weave, which was the Women's Economic Ventures? Did you do a how to dress workshop? I didn't. You should. That would be really fun. Right. Yeah. Because that's a big part of how you show. I mean, they they don't judge a book by its cover, but we all do. Yeah, I, tr I try not to tell women how to dress. That's kind of where my that's that's maybe where <laughs> those lines. That's a line. That's a line that's I avoid is trying to tell them to dress or smile or you know what they should be saying. We're, we're going to put that in the book, yeah. my friend. We're going to put in that the in the book. Um, so I'm going to go back to curiosity and us wanting to know more. And I'm I wonder if part of that is uh, all of the schools that we have. We've got nationally ranked schools here right um and then smaller uh, fielding antioch and um, then let's go to california lutheran let's go north cal poly there's there's lots of great schools but there are also um people who really care about stuff where that idea has gone out in the world we're the birthplace of uh environmental activism right because we were curious about how can we make a difference right we did that uh, we were the home for the Center of the Study of Democratic Institutions, which was a think tank. Right. Uh, there are a lot of those things where Santa Barbara, once you, you dig back, you find out, oh, that started in Santa Barbara. And so I'm really interested hey, in that. Hey, we're the center of the world. <laughs> center of my world. We that's, found it. You know, yeah. It's, well, there's this bubble over. We're surrounded on three sides by mountains, and the other is the ocean. And there's one road in and out, and that's, that's just how that goes. Let's talk a little bit about what Ruby Road does, because you're a perfect example of how a lot of us have figured out how to stay here, which is, you know, uh, a small, you're a solopreneur, you know, where there's 98% of the businesses are less than four people. How, what, what other business does Ruby Road do? What other business do we yeah. do? Um, well, we really look at community-based initiatives and okay. collaborations, right? So, I mean, in keeping with the, oh, it's the theme of this whole conversation right. is about mm -hmm. um, about elevating entrepreneurial culture. I mean, Ruby oh. Road really looks at um, being an entrepreneur. I, for me, is not just being the person that that starts the business in that very um, that very definitive sense. 
But bringing an entrepreneurial culture into your business, even as your business grows, I think is one thing that makes, um, makes you uniquely adaptable to the world, to your clients, to um, shifting market is, you know, how are you able to incorporate those ways of being that an entrepreneur so shows I up know. as, I said, right? Okay, so, so, and I've already asked you three, so, but I'm going to do two, three questions here. Um, <laughs> When we're building if, bullets today. If we're yeah, we're yeah, building we bullets. Yeah, if, we're, if, if we're no, I promise I won't do that. Uh, if we are looking at two organizations, you're evaluating them, and you're kind of the scorecard is: do they are they showing that entrepreneurial culture? Are they living that? What are you looking for? How would how do you know it when you see it? Well, I think you are you're looking for a um, you're looking for an interest in in creativity. Okay. And innovation, I just don't love that word because I feel like it's used up. Um, it's so used up, yeah. right? But it really, but in its true, in its true sense, I mean, looking for what's what's new from what's been working, or looking for what is what is the real strength that is brought by so both the individuals. So it's a group of people in that company. You can always tell you when you see that, you know it. Yeah, you see it. It's it's a dynamic. You feel it. Right. Exactly. You, you feel really it. feel it. Right. Okay. It's about it's about sensing and and. Um, the other quality I would say is um, is a willingness to lead with your intuition, which again Boy, is a real that, uh, quality of um, a feminine leadership. I was not just going to say for women, but you know, women women and men practicing in that in that place. It's like when you just asked me that question about Santa Barbara. You know, I mean, no one's ever told me this is a curious community, but that just I mean, it stands out. And then when when I try to look further into well, where did that come from, it actually came from experiences that I've had or awareness that I've had of being here. But that comes from an intuitive place. Someone told me once, so this is kind of like like lead with your gut and what's your gut feel and what's your gut telling you about that. And just another word for that, my intuition is, or I feel this. And someone said, this person said, had a bias against that. Said the intuition says you just don't have enough data. You don't know enough. So you're just kind of guessing. You're leading with that. Now, how, how do we rectify that? Because the intuition could you know, is not data driven. True. Um, but I think that's, that's assuming that each of those, each of those elements are in the extreme, right? So if we were only ever utilizing our intuition and not taking in any information, any data, any awareness from the outside, yeah, we might get, we might get ourselves in trouble. We might be sort of insular to sure. our own thinking or whoever, whatever idea is closest to us, right? In the same way that if we are only data-driven and we're only ever looking at numbers or how we can, um, you know, how we can push or pull them, then we're not getting influenced by, by the human side. So for me, it is intuition is actually acting from your heart uh. in the presence of the most information and knowledge that you can have access to. It's about being fully, you know, fully aware of what's what is like what's available to you, what your vision is, and it's it is it's holding that. Um, and I say heart instead of gut. I don't know if it's just really, I guess it's a different um, different body consciousness. But for me, 
holding the heart is really consistent with what is the mission of your business? And are you always holding that up as the first most important part? Like, why mm. did you get out there? Why did you decide that this product was necessary? Why do you want to serve the community or the world in this way? And, you know, we get in trouble when we let go of that because we become driven by data or because we get become driven by profit sure. or because we get worried that now we're at this particular place in business that we've got to continue to produce at this level. And when we lose that, when we lose that string, then I think you, you lose access to some of the greatest power about what, you're, what it is that you're creating. And you can look at the examples you know, in the world, right? I mean, there's, there's probably hundreds of thousands of, you know, my husband and I were talking about this the other night because we own the Audi with the TDI engine. Oh, congratulations. Mm. And thank you. (laughs) We're the most worthless car in the world. You've you've been, you've been lied to so well. Right? Yeah. But we really sort of dove into that. Like, what is that, you know, what does that mean? What is our relationship with this company that we bought this mm-hmm. car from? What is our relationship to the reputation? What is our relationship to this vision that we were buying sure. into sure. when we made, because it was a very conscious choice to buy that car with that engine as a commuter vehicle. My husband commutes to Los Angeles. And and so to have to have that come back in your face, it really feels right. an affront. And you really like as a consumer, we get the disconnect, mm-hmm. you know, it's like cigarettes giving you cancer. Somebody How knows. How could they do that? Right. <laughs> and <laughs> I just thought really? they were my friends. And now it turns out <laughs> no, they're not my friends. So cynic tells us people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And having brand alignment is is a big part of how we purchase and that. It's huge, and and I want our listener just kind of be thinking about this, and then, you know, look in the mirror and say, is our business showing? If they feel like they're entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, are they in fact, uh, you know, is that creativity always looking for what's new, a part of who they are, that willingness to lead with their heart, is that a, a reality with them? What's the third thing that they should look for? And I think the third thing is what we mentioned earlier, which is really thinking about being part of the community that you serve. So whether that is your client base, where you are distributing, manufacturing, offering your ah. services from. So community in, your, in, in that was not just the geographic community, but the community of people that are related to your brand. Yes, because you're, you know, anything that you, anything that you make or do, you're building a network, yep. right? And every yep. person um, that buys your product is buying into your vision and hopefully the, the usefulness or the value right. or the beauty of the product. You bought that into you're Volkswagen, creating, right? And, yeah, and, and that's and that's that 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 frustration. It's like you didn't just buy an object to serve a purpose. You know, you bought you bought into the community that was Volkswagen. Right. You buy into this. Yeah. You you buy into this bigger into this bigger sphere. I love that. I mean, that's the thing that um, we 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 talk about these subjects almost every show uh, because it's it's so fascinating to me. But we come at it from so many different points of view. Right. And we had uh, Michelle aren't on the 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 baker. Oh, I love Michelle. And uh, I met her at one of these Business Giving Roundtable lunches where there were maybe 20, and we got to hear her story. I mean, here she's trying to make this bakery happen. It's 
that's a that's hard. I mean, that's a hard slog to do that. Yeah. Yet has a whole process by which they give back, and the employees are involved, and it's a it's a very big deal. And she's running a nonprofit, and I think that's inspirational to people to say, no, you can do this, and there is, yes. you know, you absolutely can do that. And if you're not doing that, I would, in you know, kind of ask someone this weekend, go. <laughs> think about that a little bit. What could you do? And you actually invited me to come speak at a business giving round table. And I was trying to figure out how to be helpful. And it was, what are you passionate about? What What is the thing you like to do the most? Yes. Because then the giving is not onerous. The giving is the, the generosity of spirit and all of that stuff just happens. You can't not give. Right. Right. Well, and there's so many there's so many ways to give back. Right. I mean, and that gets up leveled at business giving roundtable all the time. You know, there is there's volunteerism there, which includes serving on boards, um, includes t taking part in community events, which might be doing something individual like being, a, you know, a big brother, big sister type yep. of opportunity. Yep. Um, there are in kind that, you know, hundreds of businesses in Santa Barbara offer in-kind services or products or um, food or wine. I mean, all kinds yep. of things that become yep. become part of capacity for, for local events. And, um, and, and there's cash, you know, there's grant making processes, yep. there's um, direct level sponsorships, uh, media sponsorships and matches, I mean, things like that. And so I think there's, um, you know, again, in that place, there's such an incredible opportunity to learn what's available um, you know, how could I think about this? How could I think about business giving in a way that is also strategic to to my business? How is it going to help me be more visible in the so market? So that's that's interesting. You say that um, because now it's like, what's the ROI of the giving? Yes. Right. What's the ROI of the giving? And part of me wants to say, no, you give because you should give because it's the right thing to do. Yet there is, you can make an argument for the ROI. Whether it's brand, it, I think it's brand awareness mm -hmm. is probably a thing, and that there's a halo of that event that extends to the brand awareness. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Or yeah. it's just a better community after you give that you get to end up living in, right? Like, I mean, that was that. Well, there's, yeah. yeah. But I think there's also, there's there's a ground up, right? I mean, I think we what we're experiencing right now is more emergence that there's an expectation and even a demand from our employees mm -hmm. and from our clients that we will be part of community and we will be giving back. Mm -hmm. So I think it's I think it's actually really? a disservice to say that it's the right thing to do so we should do it. Right, that's not, yeah. You know what I mean? That's we're old. we're it's that's yeah, me yeah showing we're my beyond yeah. we're beyond beyond that because what we're saying is and and maybe it's part of global community and everybody feeling more connected even if you don't live next door to one another. Right. But I think um you know, if you you talk to people that are in the job market, you know, you're, most people are not just interested in finding a place where they can apply their greatest skills and do the work that they want to do, but they want to work in an environment. They want to work mm -hmm. in a culture where they like the people, where the people are generous, and where and they want to know, you know, early on in in a vetting or a hiring process, how are you involved in the community? You know, I do. Um, I work with at UCSB at the CAP Center, and they have. Um, an honors level program for to introduce students. Um, they they select ten students every year to be part of this community internship program. Mm. And in the fall, they get some instruction on what is the nonprofit sector and how does it differ. And 
what does it have in common with business, and they meet leaders and have interviews with a variety of people in the community. And then in the second half of the year, um, I help place them at a local nonprofit, and they work 10 hours a week on a stipend from the, um, from the Sarah Miller McCune Endowed Program in order to be hands-on at a local nonprofit organization. And I think having those, you know, those kinds of opportunities to actually see, um, because they have, you know, very high hopes and expectations for how the world's going to be, but how right. they want to contribute to that. And they see the social sector as a way that they can have access to lasting change mm. and impact. Um, but many of them are saying, well, I want to, I think I want to be in business first, whether I want to start my own business or I want to work for a company and, you know, and, and make money so that I can give money. But the business that I want to work for has to be involved in the community. I mean, I have to know that I'm going to have right. access and time to do the things that I want to do to give back, that I want to, I want to be part of that. So it wouldn't be enough just to know that that company, um, you know, gives away thousand dollars a year to a scholarship program I mean, they want it they want to touch it the this is we've we've heard this from other employers and we've heard it from from people who represent the the labor hiring is that especially with the average age being you know 27 year old they're you know Millennials out there looking looking for work yeah. and that your website better have a lot of that on it and it's not the normal thing. You don't really think about that. You know, it's kind of, well, we don't toot our own horn. But if you show how you're integrated, like that's an important thing uh, to do. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really important. And it's meaningful. Well, yeah. it's, it, if, if in fact it is woven into the fabric of the organization, what's important to you and why, then it would be almost on the front page. Right? Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. Almost on the front page. Yeah. But that's why we talk about strategy and business giving, right? So what is, what's the alignment between um, maybe a type of organization or partner that you would be interested in working for? And how does that connect with what you're trying to, mm. you know, what you're trying to do in the world, right? I mean, there are, there are impressive programs at um, companies where they say, you know, I want to help build the future workforce for my own business and or my own my own industry right so how could i support whether they're an engineering firm and so they're going to support science and math education and they're actually going to look for a place in their community where right, right. where young people who are learning those skills are also learning about their business right. at the same time right so again there's i think you could say it's you know there's a shamelessness in that to say well great oh so you're putting your you're putting your name in this kid's ear when they're you know when they're 11 or 12 or 13 because they're you know they're studying science or math or you could say you're showing them about the resources that are available to apply this kind of learning right. particularly if it's something that resonates for them if they're passionate about it and they and they know you know it's amazing like the number of 11 year olds you can meet who know what they want to do with their life you know <laughs> who want to start Exactly. I was at the Spirit of Entrepreneurship um, Awards a couple of weeks ago, and I was just, um, I was honored to be awarded there. Congratulations. Thank you. And there were 16-year-old CEOs in the room. Mm. I you know, love that. I just We've had a couple of them this, on the show. Right? Yeah, we yeah, have. From yeah. The, what is more inspiring than that? Not, you not know, a lot. I'm, I'm 16, and I started this business. And again, the vision from the get-go, I am a part of this community. 
not I want to go out there and make a million dollars, but you know, I'm here and I created this product because I see people around me. You know, these right. two these two um, these two high school students that started or college students that started a surf alert. And it's this customized app where you mm -hmm. can put in your desired surf conditions, and it monitors all the all the buoys in the Channel Islands. I have it on my phone. I don't I don't surf very much, but I have yeah, it on my phone. It doesn't alarm because we haven't reached your your surf standard yet, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so right. you don't no, get exactly. the alarm. But what's their tagline? It's something you know, get more surf, get more sleep, because you're not waking up to check the surf because your phone we'll knows you. the surf yeah. that you want, and it's not going to wake you up until it shows up. <laughs> I th I think that 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 what, what, yeah because what you're what you're what you're what you're saying there is like well like Mark starts a business at twelve selling products and it's like well if he had incorporated at that time and started like getting shareholders like it's it's that thing of like you don't have to wait for a certain time in your life to be ready for right. to run your business or be you know what I mean like you don't have to wait until you've got your MBA before you're allowed to have a good idea and actually put it out to market and get some customers. Yeah. But I, but I think at our age, I mean, I I was taught that way. You know, I was taught mm. you have to sort of arrive first, and when you get all your stuff together, right. then you can start. Then maybe or then maybe you could be an entrepreneur because that's right. sort of for like you know special, highly qualified you know people who've been through everything right. else. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you have yeah. to work at GM, <laughs> yeah. and break your back, and then you can <laughs> and then invent you can, something. Then when you get when you get you know when you get spent. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, which is kind of what I did, but. <laughs> I love it. You know what. 45 minutes coming and gone. Ba-boom. That's how we do it. Just, that's how it happens. It's uh, it's a fact of life around this show that we just get into such great stuff. I I love that Mark never even thinks to say, like, well, I should start doing hour shows because at 45 minutes, I'm always frustrated that we're out we're of time. We're not quite done. <laughs> Every show, he's like, oh, well, we're out of time at 45. And I'm like, we can just record a longer show if need be. <laughs> But see, our, our listener has something really important, important to, do, to do, which yep. is to go listen to the next That's show. That's right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I love caught between connection and curiosity. Oh. I'm having T-shirts made as we speak. You can I mean, have it. That is fantastic. I was thinking that that was that was the you, you were you said uh, you have to pick one like it was the third one and you said you know copy and I thought well that's what an ampersand is for it's like you put that little ampersand in there and now it's one word like an ampersand yeah, makes it's all it one. yeah <laughs> Jim call Jim Collins calls that the genius of the and yeah. versus the tyranny of the or. Mm. Mm. Deep yeah. stuff Deep on a stuff. Friday. Uh, <laughs> Judy, um, you're a marketing person. You get to apply that marketing knowledge now to, you've heard a few of the shows, so you knew, you knew this was coming. You walked in. You get to name this episode. Oh, naming the episode. Yes. We should, well, you know what? I, we need that. jingle music for name <laughs> that episode uh, that we, we cut in afterwards. So we've, we've talked about a lot of really interesting things. We want to put a bow around that so when someone's selecting from the list, they see this. They're, they came in maybe through Noah Ben Shia or they came in through John Davies, but now they are looking for something next. What's next for them? What do we call it? Leadership is all of us. Oh, see, I yeah, very good. She tried to pretend like she didn't have that one written down, but I'm <laughs> I didn't. I only heard one very end of podcast. I guess I missed. Oh, that you don't my, listen to the end. Okay, well, let's let's <laughs> talk about that then. Uh, Judy, how do people find you on the interwebs? You can find me at rubyroadleadership.com. Rubyroadleadership.com. Hard to fill out the magazine subscriptions with a name. 
that long with those. Remember the old boxes you had to figure out how to type in everything or write in everything? Yeah, but when you get used to just that, exactly that configuration and those letters, you can type it really fast. Just like that. Leadership. I love it. And thank you so much. I really thank appreciate it. I appreciate the all the work that what, you're doing. What a joy. I appreciate that you all are are doing this storytelling. I think it's so powerful that we are learning about each other, that there's an archive for what people are doing in this community and what we think and how we feel about it. And it just really feels like a precious resource. So Yay. thank you. Wow, we're doing a good job, Patrick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. There's, a, there's nothing funny to say about that. Just yes, say yes. yes. Yes, we, we are. are. Well, I also want to thank um, Judy, and I want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services, our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and Cielo 24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. This show is a part of the 805 Connect project now in our third year and is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them as well. If you want more information about what we're doing, go to 805connect.com. Now, Patrick, uh, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, and one of our persons just finished listening to it, but now they're, they want to give back. Yeah. How could they give back? Well, uh, number number one, let us know what we did right and uh, what we can do better. Uh, send Mark an email. Uh, the other thing to do is to think about uh, if you're if you're going to meet with somebody or if you're looking for somebody new to to partner with in an interesting way, check our archive. We have over eighty episodes of interesting people. Take a note from Judy. Go look up somebody. Find out a little bit of information right. about them that you didn't know. You might find a new partner for your business inside of our archive. Um, and let them know that you heard them on uh, the 805 podcast, and that's good for everybody. I love that. If you want to send me a note, you're so moved, send it to Mark, M-A-R-K, at 805connect.com. Let me know what you like about the show. Uh, if you've got ideas for guests, we've got uh, lots of ideas from emails. Uh, we get to meet new people all the time. We're only booked uh, three and a half months in advance now. Well, yeah, we're, yeah, we're busy. It's fantastic. It's I good. love it. It's, 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 a, it's a great show. And until next time... This is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversation.